0: We are like minds, I would have to agree. Up close with Drew Ellis, founder of eye to eye Digital and a man distinctly in the know, coming up. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue radio show. I am Minter host of this downloadable radio show, also known as a podcast. I'm author of the blog, Themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you'll find the show notes for this interview, and I also write enforcé on minterdial.fr. Here's an interview recorded with Drew Ellis, founder of Eye to Eye Digital, providing creative and marketing consultancy to companies, including brand creation and brand development, and co-founder of Light Mind, staging events, debating and informing on current topics through social media engaging with other like-minded people around the globe a fascinating man in this interview we talk about Drew's activities his magnificent film called Orbit as well as lessons to be learned from business for business from the music industry's errors and much more Coming right up. Hello, this is Minter Dial from the Minter Dialogue Radio Show, and I have the distinct pleasure to have with me Drew Ellis online. I met Drew at the Media Aces conference, which was held in Paris last week. So Drew is the part a partner at TBD Partners. He's co-founder of Like Minds, the very prestigious Like Minds, and he's also founder of Eye to Eye Digital. So Drew, tell us a little bit more about what you do and also don't forget to talk us about Orbit.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely Well, good to talk to you, Minter uh, Great to meet you last week in Paris At the Media Aces event Which I thoroughly enjoyed Thanks um, As you say, I run um, Like Minds With my partner Scott Gould um, Which is an international conference series uh, Based out of Exeter in Devon In the UK um, We do a, an annual um, conference And festival, music festival There in October uh, every year um, and then we this year are going off to Dubai, um, and then Helsinki uh, and Paris to work with Media Aces on putting together an amazing event around um, culture, arts and technology. Um, and then we're back in uh, we're back in Exeter in October for four days, which is the biggest going to be the biggest um, event we've ever put on.
0: So what's interesting about The Like Minds is that it's not just about digital media, you've got the sort of cultural music aspect which gives it a whole other dimension.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Light Minds is a platform for people and businesses to um, learn and engage with each other and network. Um, And whenever you get a group of people together for longer than two days, um, they they always want to do something in the evening. So for the first time last year, we decided we'd do two strands. One was Light Movies, um, which was hosted by Don Letts, the legendary uh, reggae uh, artist and DJ and producer uh, and filmmaker uh, and he came to show two of his films at the picture house in Exeter and then gave us a little Q&A afterwards so that gave something for everybody to attend on the Thursday night and then on the Friday night we did Like Music um, which was huge fun, 15 bands four venues, um, you just got a wristband and you walked from venue to venue to see as many bands as you could in the evening, during the evening uh, and it you know acted as a, a wind down from the conference.
0: I absolutely love it. It's it's a great way to to mix pleasure and business, and uh, exactly. we get we get people and talking. About. Exactly. So you know, I, I, if you look back at your career, as I see it, um, you've got a, a strong backbone. Two central themes, which is music and design, <gasps> and and does is, is that does, would that be a fair statement?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, as a teenager, as most teenagers, was really into my music. Um, I enjoyed art at school, Um, went to do a foundation course in Manchester um to discover what sort of art that i was really going to enjoy you know was it was it painting was it sculpture was it graphic design was it photography um and doing a foundation course enables you to dip into all of those different areas and and discover what it is that you really like and really enjoy doing Uh, and for me that was a mix of graphics and photography um so I then went to do a degree in London at the London College of Printing or the University of the Arts, as it's now rather grandly called. <laughs> and um, while I was there, I um, decided to write my thesis on a design group called Hypnosis, who at the time were uh, designing all the record covers for bands like Paul McCartney and Wings and Led Zeppelin and... Um, the Alan Parsons project and Pink Floyd probably is their most famous client. Um, they did Dark Side of the Moon cover and they, they did all of Pink Floyd covers. So you know, you name Pink Floyd cover, it was done it was done by Storm Thorgerson and Aubrey Powell and Peter Christopherson, who were the partners in Hypnosis.
0: Brilliant stuff. I um, you know, certainly have been a big fan, seen all those folks and lived with them just as much. So if you uh, take take the Orbit, I uh, sorry, the other idea that you've been interested in is Orbit. Can you tell us about the Orbit project?
1: Mm. Orbit came out of a, a long-term um, collaboration and friendship um, with Craig Leon, who um, in case you don't know who Craig is, go and look up CraigLeon.com. Mm-hmm. He's a very well-regarded producer, composer. Um, he discovered Blondie um, and produced some of their early albums. He's, he's worked with Talking Heads and David Byrne. Um, he's worked with Pavarotti. Um, discovered a lot of the early punk um, artists over in New York in the early days of, of punk over there, like the Ramones and uh, um, all sorts of all sorts of amazing amazing artists. And um, he and I always talked about working on a a space project together. Um, It took us 25 years to get there but uh, finally in in 2009 um, there was an anniversary headed our way for uh, Man's Landing on the Moon which is probably the single most um, watched event ever Mm -hmm. on television still and um, so I contacted NASA uh, and uh, got from the archives all the original footage, a lot of which had, had been unseen and lying in dusty old tins and, and tapes um, in the NASA archive, um, signed my life away um, to receive these, these massive boxes of tapes um, and edited together a 40-minute show, um, TV show, that just featured the, the handheld footage that the astronauts shot on board of each other and the dialogue that was, uh, that was happening between them to try and get across what they must have been feeling, you know, venturing out into an unknown universe, to an unknown world for the very first time. Um, and then Craig scored this amazing soundtrack. Um, and we produced this whole thing, uh, got it to uh, Discovery and asked them if they'd like to show it on the day. Uh, the anniversary which they very kindly did and I think now it's been shown in 56 different countries Um, and now we're working on stage 2 which is Orbit Beyond the Moon uh, which will be coming out on PBS in the States in Q4 um, around Christmas time this year Um, and it's a a live event with a big back projection screen showing CGI graphics of uh, our universe, the known universe and then venturing out beyond that into worlds that we've yet to discover um, which is obviously where we can start to get very creative um, and again with a, with a music score by Craig um, featuring a 20 voice choir and a 40 piece orchestra so the people that attend the event, the live event um, will, will have a sensory experience like no other you sit there with this enormous screen in front of you and the live choir and the live orchestra performing the piece
0: that just sounds absolutely stunning. I mean, I have my, my, I, I'm assuming some of the footage comes from Hubble's of the world?
1: Yeah, some of the footage will. Um, a lot of the CGI stuff um, I'll be creating, um, so there'll be you know, or, original visuals there. Um, and yeah, researching, doing an awful lot of research at the moment on, uh, on photography and imagery. Okay. And from uh, places that you know we've n- we've not visited yet, and
0: and just it it throws me t- to another uh, experience for me, which was seeing Philip Glass do Koyanastasi mm-hmm. with the live audience and the film in the background. It's sort of and, wow. I, I, for me that was a empoyakatsi amazing feeling of having live music and the screen. Uh, and, and you have a voyage going along. I, I, that's that's right. it,
1: yeah. It's a totally immersive event. You uh, know, people talk about immersive events these days, the advancement in technology of 3D and films like Avatar, um, you know, the, the, the possibilities for people to put on on stage these incredible um, environments are uh, uh, now very, very real. Well, I'm
0: put, I'll put all those, um, any, any links, uh, relevant links about Orbit and everything in the in the show notes so people can go and check that out and... Get their, get their ticket for the event. <clears throat> I certainly would try to put myself in there. Um, but then if you just take a look at the, the music world um, in which you have uh, so much been uh, swimming in, mm. it's obviously had a, a radical shakeup uh, amongst the precursors or the first industries to really take it on the chin in terms of what the Internet was doing for them. Now, If you take what's happened to them, and it's even relevant now with EMI in the – <laughs> in the mud what what do you think of the takeaways for business uh, how how should they what they should be learning from the situation that the music industry in general has gone through I
1: think to, to, to be very very aware of emerging technologies and platforms um it, it's interesting when i founded eye to eye back in 1994 um the internet was really in its infancy over here and i really felt that that It was the future. I'd I'd actually taken the whole concept of eye to eye to my um, group board for the business that I was working at um, and they said no the internet's a fad it'll it'll never impact on our print business Um, which of course you know we all find laughable now Um, but uh, I also having then decided to go off and do it myself thought rather naively that the music industry would be one of the first industries to embrace the internet because they had all these incredible visuals and, and this amazing soundtrack to our lives. And unfortunately, they, as we know, they didn't embrace it. Um, I, I spent probably the first two years of eye to eye explaining to clients and companies and individuals what the internet was, um, and they were very, very slow to get it the only businesses that really embraced it were funnily enough financial services hmm. um the, the banks the lawyers uh, the accountants um and the, they were they were some of the early adopters of uh, of internet technologies uh, and benefit and benefited as a result um sadly hmm. it took the music industry a long time to catch up and um and in many many cases it's been too late um and i can see the same perhaps happening to some TV companies and, um, some visual media companies, you know, some of the film companies were a little late into it as well.
0: So the message for them is, uh, get, get on board in social media, uh, before the.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, social media is, is a, is another new, new platform. Um, all of these, uh, companies that have, have now really got a groundswell of, of interest and support, like Twitter, like Facebook, like LinkedIn, um, you know, companies need to use these tools and be aware of these tools. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in; you can be an engineering company, you can be a biotech, you can, you know, you can be a corner shop um, and get the full advantage. It's it's a it's a, it's a great leveler. The internet it, it's helped really level the playing field, and has allowed people who. Understand good marketing and what marketing can do for you as an individual or as a business, um, and I would encourage everybody to embrace all of those technologies and platforms.
0: I, you, you mentioned that the the early adopters in the internet per se were, or the first movers anyway, were the financial and insurance companies. It's Counterintuitive for me, what what it, what actually brought them to be willing to go for it in the internet?
1: I think again to be you know a point of difference. You know, it's very difficult. I know, as a law firm or a professional services firm, to um, create a point of difference. Whenever you meet a lawyer at a, a networking event, you know you 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 are already preconceived free- to, as to to what they're going to be like. Oh, you know, you're a lawyer. Oh, you're an accountant. And they all get lumped into the same um, pot. And I think that's very unfair. You know, there are, there are uh, very, very different lawyers and very, very different accountants and professional services organizations out there. Uh, one of our early clients in I2I was Arthur Anderson. And in fact, we built Arthur Anderson's first UK web presence. And um, some of the stuff that they were asking us to do was was way ahead of the game. You know, we were working on um, things like Knowledge Space, which was a collaborative platform, at which you might now with the huddles of this world and um, other such platforms have thought, uh, you know, that didn't exist before. Well, they did, but they just existed on intranets. Um, and these, these huge consulting firms would recognize that they had um, individuals and um, consultants all over the world working in the same sector. So you'd have somebody working in the car industry in the States. You'd have somebody working in the car industry in the UK well, what are the learnings from that industry and how can you share those learnings um, easily without making a meeting or talking on the phone? And uh, a a collaborative workspace is an ideal venue for that. So then when a business would come to them and say, why should we choose Arthur Anderson? They can just point to their collaborative workspace and say, this is why, because we we, we are learning from all of our um, partners all over the world. Um, so we all already have a lot of the answers that you're looking for. We're not going to start from a blank sheet of paper.
0: Well, it, it, in one one sense, it's like, well, if you don't have a differentiating point of view, then just do new. And then on the other side, you you're moving away from the idea that well, it's just a tool. It's actually a an integra- integral part of our way, and mm-hmm. and this you know which is where we're going with the social media story. I mean, for me. Being able to say, well, we're doing social media is no longer possible to use as, like, we're we're being novel. The question now is, well, how do you differentiate yourself in the social media space? Because it's sort of, certainly in in America and, and in England... Um, now well established. So in, with regard to your clients and eye-to-eye, what are, the, what are the kinds of things that you're doing with your clients you can tell us about, of course, that uh, w- good examples of how to now use social media considering we're no longer in the very early stages we're now moving along?
1: Hmm. Um, I think certainly to uh, uh, have on your website all the tools, all the buttons you know, that, that offer the chance for people to retweet it, to post the page to their LinkedIn profile, um, to add an RSS feed, um, these may, you know, sound very, very basic things to us because we've been working with them now for, you know, three, four years. But there are an awful lot of businesses out there that that still don't have that engagement um, option on their site. Uh, a lot of businesses still just broadcast, um, and that's what the internet was in the in the early days. It was all about broadcasting. Uh, and now I think we're moving into a, a much more engaged society where people want to discuss and debate, uh, show, share. Uh, and so the more tools that you can put into your site that allow you to do that, the better. We just built a site for a uh, yeah. the financial service company again um, where we employed video to try and explain what it is that they did. Because sometimes people don't want to wade through pages and pages of text. Um, You you know, a picture says a thousand words, as they say. So if if there's something that you can explain simpler and more efficiently and more effectively by using video, use video. Uh, And then again, embed that into some of the social platforms that are out there like YouTube or Vimeo or any of those um, social broadcast um, companies.
0: So that's two pieces of great in, in, uh, advice. One is uh, on your websites, get the engagement going by adding all the functionality of buttons that allow you to one-click into your Facebook page or your LinkedIn website for a profile. And then the second one is uh, get, use video because uh, it's uh, yep. a thousand words faster. um, and, um you know, well, we talk about these tools, but then the the, the challenge at a certain point is also the internal side uh, for a company. So you put up a Facebook page, but then how, how do you talk us through what what type of advice you give to companies that are saying, you know, back in the I'd uh, say still in the 1.0 kind of world, where they're still just with a website? What, what how do you construct or advise them on on the internal resources necessary?
1: Well, I think one of the most important things is that um, I think in one of the talks that um, we gave during London Social Media Week last week, uh, somebody stood up and said, asked exactly that question, you know, who who in your company um, should we be talking to um, to to deploy all of these communications? And the answer is everybody. Uh, I mean, certainly within um, social media. You, you shouldn't just limit it to your marketing department or your, your, your PR division or your PR company even having somebody do it on your behalf um, everybody needs to buy into this and uh, everybody needs their own account and everybody needs to be given the guidelines um, within, uh, it, 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 that you work within um, so that everybody is, is um, not sort of towing the party line but uh, it's, it, it's part of your brand you know, one of, one of the things we used to say to, to businesses in the early days was uh, the first person anybody would see when they walked into your office was your secretary. So, you know, please make sure that the front desk looks very nice and that everybody's well presented. She's the first person that um, it's people are going to hear on the phone, for example. So you don't want somebody picking up the phone going, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you want some strategy there in place for anybody who's going to pick up the phone. This is what we'd like you to say before you then put them through to whoever it is they want to reach. And the same is true of social media. Um, so r- get somebody uh, either within your own organization who has the skill set or from outside to write a strategy document um, so that everybody knows what they're, what they're supposed to be saying, how they're supposed to be saying it. And the same thing with with Facebook, Um, a lot of the advertising agencies um, that I know in London, for example, uh, a lot of their staff um, are told, do not put anything on Facebook that would compromise uh, your role within our business. Um, And if you feel that you can't do that, then don't don't be on Facebook.
0: Um, I I mean, I uh, 100% agree with you. The notion of the guidelines, so often we're sort of in the what not to do. Uh, and the, the what, I, what I try and give as good advice is to be as short as, uh, as possible in the guidelines because otherwise it can sort of become like a legalistic document. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You don't want pages and pages. And a, a lot of it is common sense, you No, know? um, and it also uh, helps engage the, the staff that you have and, and perhaps outline very clearly to them what the business is, how the business would like to be perceived, where you know where the business is going, which sometimes isn't always communicated uh, efficiently in larger organizations.
0: It's a great opportunity then to talk about what we're all about and yep. to transform the business into a little bit more collaborative spirit. Yeah. Hey, Thanks. Drew, I love what you're saying, and uh, so I just want to finish on one last question, which is all right, we're, we're living in this multi-screen, multi-task, uh, multi- platform, mm. tools everywhere, and, and Communication coming out the zing zang. Uh, so, how does Drew Ellis manage uh, his uh, communication strategy, just personally, uh, in this um, multi uh, 24/7 life we live?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh, important not to um, get swamped by it all. As you say, there are so many different um, platforms. Uh, make a decision which platforms you're going to work with. I I tend to concentrate on twitter because it's on my phone it's easy it's 140 characters it's, it's not going to take me a lot of time i tend to use it in what i call downtime what i laughingly call downtime which tends to be you know very early in the morning you know having some breakfast and you, you might rattle off a few tweets in the morning on your way to work you know on the bus um on the train um i tend to be more active on twitter when i'm traveling Uh, people can usually tell when i'm when i'm traveling because i'm i'm doing a lot of tweeting Mm -hmm. um i do commit the cardinal sin of linking my um twitter account to my facebook account because whilst i do use facebook I'm, i'm not on it every day i'm not even on it every week sometimes uh it must drive everybody mad seeing tweets um on facebook um because of course you're only getting half the conversation, mm-hmm. um, but it's. Be- I-, I think it's better than nothing. It's better than me just leaving my Facebook profile um, alone. And um, again, you know, I get the pings on my on my uh, iPhone um, or, or whatever um, mobile device I happen to be using at the time. Um, and the other thing I have is an iPad, um, <clears throat> which is incredibly useful to manage. Um, Social platforms on either individually or through something like Hootsuite. Uh, TweetDeck is is a fantastic tool because it allows me to stream and create lists. Um, and I see, incidentally, that Ian Dodsworth, who who founded that business, has just sold it. It's only two years old. He's just sold it to Uber Media for between twenty five and thirty million dollars. So, congratulations! Yeah, Ian. Absolutely, well done. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic to see a British tech company um, achieve a sale to a, a, a U.S. Uh, Silicon Valley VC. Uh, it's a very, very impressive um, thing to have done. Um, and hugely uh, illustrates the potential that we have in this country, Um, I guess, really now focused in London around what they're starting to call Silicon Roundabout, which is in uh, Old Street, in the the edge of the city, in between the city and the the West End. Mm -hmm. Um, So how else do I manage my communications? Email, of course, Um, I I do a fair amount of email, Um, and again, uh, mostly on my laptop and on my mobile. Apologies
0: for all the alarm. <laughs> this is <laughs> how ap- apropos to have that all happening this week. Well. There you go. You see a
1: great, a great illustration of, uh, of my life. Uh, yeah. well, um, In, I, all the time.
0: I was just going to uh, finish with uh, a couple of your favorite blogs or, or sources for great information. Who do, who do, mm. you, who do you go to?
1: Well, one of the early pioneers, actually, which I would uh, I'd love to mention is Ken Radio. Uh, Ken Rutowski over in the West Coast there. Um, he, you know, he, he, he does a great podcast. He does a great show. I'd urge you to listen to that if you're interested in investment, mobile tech. You know, he goes to all the big shows. He goes to CES, um, which is a show that I would love to attend one day. But can just never seem to get out to. Um, and he's, I'm sure, at Mobile World Congress as we speak. Um, and blogs. Um, Chris Brogan, big fan of Chris. Chris um, uh, came to speak at Light like Minds back in uh, back in February last year, um, and he, he he runs well a number of blogs actually, but uh, chrisbrogan.com is the one that i spend most of my time on uh i'd also include olivier blanchard in that um who is french obviously mm-hmm. from the sound of his name but is based out in greenville in um uh south carolina and um uh, along with trey pennington actually he's also from that from that area uh, both of those guys are worth checking out trey for the um The storytelling aspect of how brands can engage with communities Uh, and Olivier really for some very level headed common sense return on investment uh, in social media and how you can uh, put together strategies for your business that, that real world strategies that work.
0: Well, Drew, I love it. It's, uh, it's down to earth, it's pragmatic, it's useful information. Uh, Drew Ellis, um, we are going to conclude our show this uh, right now, but we'll, I'll put in the show notes uh, about your events which are coming up in Paris and Dubai and Helsinki. It's a, you're a man on the go. It's an absolute thrill for me to have had an opportunity to chat with you, put you up on the show, and I look forward to hearing much more about all your adventures as we go forward.
1: Thank you, Minter. It was great to talk to you, too.
0: All right. We'll be in touch, Drew. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. So thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show with Drew Ellis of Like Minds. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like this show and speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, where branding gets personal, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L, M-D-I. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please do tweet it out or pass along to a friend. Happy trails. In the arms of a woman Despite revenges and struggle to see live for the challenge so life's not incomplete what's wrong with challenge i know soon we all die i like the feel of a stranger jumped around me precipitating the danger